A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, a.k.a. the African Bullfrog, and I am here with Mr. Matt White. What's up, Matt? What's going on? Holiday week? Yes. Holiday yes. week. So yes. much junk food in my system. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm 10 years old again, but um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, most of the podcasts do year in review shows uh this time of year which uh we're going to kind of do that but in in a different way uh we're going to talk about how the stories of the year like which ones are going to be most significant um in the future and which ones are going to have the biggest effect on bodybuilding not necessarily uh, just what was the biggest deal this year um i guess talking about uh, how each, because there's only so many stories you can bring up because every radio show and podcast and whatever, uh, whatever um, entity does reviews will we'll generally have the same list, um, give or take one or two things. So instead of just listing all the same shit and saying all the same shit as everyone else, I think we should talk about the shit that everyone talked about, but talk about how those things will end up affecting bodybuilding or if they are significant stories um in general not just for this year like if they're significant stories uh like i don't really know how to say it but you know what i'm saying if they're actually significant or if they're just significant because they were happening this year you know what i mean right yeah we can get to that um but before that last week uh, I spoke about a sort of like I kind of brought it up um, briefly, a topic we wanted to discuss, and it was really came about because I mentioned it to you that I feel that social media is sort of because I was listening to an old um, um, uh, Pro Bodybuilding Weekly with Dan and Bob. It was like '05 or something, and I, I was it was an interview with. Tony Freeman or something. I remember listening to it and I can remember I can remember listening to it as a as a kid basically. And listening to it now and how different it it, it is to listen to it now compared to then. And I I started thinking about how social media affects the way that we perceive athletes and stuff and I feel that 
I outside you, I think that social media is kind of destroying bodybuilding's popularity because so 10 years ago, every single pro bodybuilder, whether they were poor, uh, doing gay for pay on the side, it didn't matter what they, it didn't matter if they were a pro and they stood on a pro stage to bodybuilding fans, they were like, they, they were not like gods, but sort of like that. They were very, it didn't matter. We didn't know what, the, what was going on in their life. We didn't know that they didn't make any money. We didn't know that they had all these issues. We didn't know that they were a prick or, or any of this stuff. We just thought, oh, he's a pro bodybuilder. He's a, he's a fucking beast. You know, they were all, they all had this aura about them. Um, mystique, I guess all of them because just because they were pros with social media, I feel like that's, that's gone because, and the interviews were much different. The interviews were like, they, they were, they were more mysterious. Um, let's say like David Henry was interviewed in 2006. He would talk about how he took his muscle tech supplements. He trained really hard. This, that he, he wouldn't like nowadays. It's more like they talk about feuds with other competitors. And like, they may even talk about drugs. They talk about, they talk about more real world stuff that we can kind of relate to. So I feel like it could just be me. But in a way, social media allowing us to infiltrate the lives of these pro competitors has made them far less appealing because they, they seem like normal people now instead of these epic beasts on stage that are, are they have the world by the balls. I mean, I thought when I was 21 years old getting into like and I was really into bodybuilding, I thought all the I thought. All these guys were like rich and fucking did whatever they wanted and they were, you know, superstars. Even the guys like Marcus Haley or um, Ahmad Hadar, didn't matter. Guys that weren't even good and probably made no money off bodybuilding. I just figure they're pro bodybuilder. They're they're beasts. Kind of like how if you if you ride if you're a bench warmer on the Cleveland Cavs, you're a fucking millionaire, you know? So I kind of had that same, I obviously knew that wasn't the same, that, that those levels were totally different, but I, I just, you know, I just thought that I was thinking about how the, the, the bodybuilders just seem the, 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 the synthol shit and the, in the, the drugs and all this stuff that we know about now because of social media and guys being more open and people like Boston Lloyd and this other dank fucking, I don't know his name, but he's like the new Boston Lloyd. Um, I think the enhancedathlete.com guy, uh, I just think all this stuff has made bodybuilding just seem way, way less glamorous and more like a niche kind of off thing, you know? Whereas before social media, we didn't have any of this stuff. All the, all the interviews were positive. There was no real, like, there was way less, there was bickering, but it was like, it was almost like cinematic bickering. Like, you had uh, Craig Titus and King Kamali, but that shit was like theater. Now it's, it's, it's just too real, I feel like. I feel like we look at the bodybuilders as normal people, and I don't think that, I think bodybuilding is unique in that sense, because you don't get that, I mean... Nobody knows anything about LeBron in his personal life. 
Uh, people, I mean, maybe his biggest fans do somehow, but there's still a mystery because even if you follow them on social media and stuff, they ha- they're they're so popular that they have to be careful what they say. You know, they're not gonna Steph Curry's not gonna get on Instagram and say, oh fuck Damian Lillard, that guy's a douchebag or something. It's never gonna happen like bodybuilders do. Or Steph Curry's not gonna get on there and talk about how he cheated on his diet and 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 put this emotional po- like it's just not gonna happen because they're. Th- those guys, despite social media, the NFL guys and the NBA guys, et cetera, et cetera, have maintained their mystical aura where bodybuilders, I feel like, have lost it via social media because we see them like I don't think 10 years ago anyone would think Phil Heath was a douchebag because there'd be no outlet for him to be a douchebag. We'd see him on stage. Then we'd see him in these like sort of staged interviews where he was kind of, a you know, I don't think. I do not think that 10 years ago, people would think Phil was a douchebag. Um, I think all that social media driven and it's kind of hindered our, the, the awe and excitement of uh, bodybuilding. Well, I think bodybuilding, if you compare that to any other sport is, is totally different and, and not necessarily from the aspect of that NBA or MLB, NFL, NHL, you know, whatever, uh, sport organization that you were thinking of, it's it's different because they are so large compared to like the IFBB and and bodybuilding that they have their own PR people. So I, I I know for a fact that many of the athletes never even look at their social media. They have a team that takes care of all of that. They're completely hands off. You know the team will you know put in they'll use. Uh, what is it? Hootsuite or something like that or, or buffer or whatever. And they'll just schedule stuff. They'll take pictures of them. And then the, the athletes will send it to their PR people and then they'll handle all that. So nothing will get out on social media that the PR people don't think is going to be, you know, in their best interest. So you're not going to have some, you know, jackass or, or somebody who goes completely, you know, sideways, uh, you know, think of, uh, and yeah, not to bash the uh, soon-to-be president Trump, but you know some of his social media, I guess uh, posts you can call them, uh, you know obviously rub people the wrong way, and you don't have that with with professional sports like baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, because all of that their PR team does everything for it, and and when it goes to the bodybuilding side of things, like I look at it different. I like the fact that, you know, I can see that these people are human. You know, I get it, you know, back when I first started following, you know, the same thing that that you were saying. I like the mystique. I love, you know, not really knowing much. But then as I got to know certain bodybuilders just from being in the industry, I like learning more about them. It became more personal, more, you know, more of like a friendship, a relationship, regardless if you actually knew the competitors or not. I mean, I was in a position where I was lucky enough to stand side by side and eat dinner and hang out and, you know, do whatever with with top bodybuilders in the industry. And and it was great. And, you know, I, I I like that aspect. I like the social media where they can kind of vent and go off or, you know, talk about this part of their life or that part of their life, what car they're driving. I mean, it's like you said, a lot of people don't realize that bodybuilders are broke. You don't make any money unless you're literally Phil Heath, Dexter Jackson, Kai Green. I mean, if you're not winning shows, you are not making dick. I don't care who you think you are. You're not making any money because the amount of food and drugs that you need to support that lifestyle eats up your money 
fast. So I like I don't necessarily like seeing the the grind that people you know they're they're they have nothing and and they're just grinding. While it's a cool story, you know I like seeing the people that are kind of like hey you know this is what I'm doing in my life and you know this is where I'm going. This is my family. It it, it brings more personality to you know their their character that that we would see up on stage. It's no longer just you know, Jay Cutler up there, you know, the dude from Las Vegas, you know, the, the pretty boy who came from, you know, the farm and, and, you know, doing manual labor or Ronnie being the police officer. Like, I think that's something that, that most people, you know, thought was really cool, but it had nothing to do with social media, but I think people appreciated it. They were like, Oh wow. Like Ronnie Coleman was a police officer. Holy shit. Like, can you imagine getting pulled over by that guy? Like it adds some substance to, to the person versus just saying, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He's, he's big, he's bulky, he's conditioned, he's veiny, you know, whatever. I, I like that aspect. And and that could just be me. I mean, there, there are probably people that side with, with you and they're like, I didn't, I don't want to know what they're doing. I just want to, you know, leave that a mystery and they go up on stage and they wow me and, and leave it at that. Like, don't tell me anything about you. I don't care. You are a bodybuilder. That's all I want to know. So, I mean, I guess it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that stuff, I mean, I do agree uh, that the the things that you just elaborated on are, are the good things about social media. But I do think that, um, like, you talk about people not having money. Ten years ago, those bodybuilders did have money. The guys who weren't winning had money. This whole, like, the only guys who make money are Phil and Dexter is a, is a new thing. I mean, right. Ahmad Hadar had a, had a muscle tech contract. Mike Libatori had a, Mike Libatori never did anything. Um, uh, who, I mean, fucking Ben White. Like, guys who didn't win shit had muscle tech contracts probably getting 100K a year. Um, and that's just muscle tech contract. There's nothing else. Um, I think social media is the the sole reason why those contracts are gone because like let's say muscle tech was still this monster in the industry they can pay some skank on instagram 500 a month to spread her ass cheeks and and say look i take this bullshit product and a million people see it because they want to see spread ass cheeks and they see this product next to it i mean it's no secret that this shit is is like that now not to mention the fucking the companies can hire social media experts. Um, that's a job you could probably do, and you may have done. I don't know, but like, and and promote their product by paying a social media expert thirty five thousand dollars a year to to do. And they, you know what I'm saying? And instead of Jay Cutler repping their brand and paying him three hundred k a year, you can pay some guy who's smart with social media, you know, two grand a month. And, uh, and he can get you more like significantly more than Jay Cutler would get you for 20 grand a month. So I just think that that's another thing that social media has done. It's made it easier for the, 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 the entities inside the industry that have a lot of money to give, don't have to give it anymore to, to get their name out there. They can do it themselves because of social media. Um, which is good and bad. Uh, on one of your other points about, you talked about, this is interesting. You talked about Ronnie, the police officer, Jay, the, 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 the pretty boy from Massachusetts. That's an interesting point because I do 
I, I'm going to contradict, my, contradict myself a little bit here. I do feel like I like knowing about the guys. I do think it's hurt. I do. I still believe it's hurt bodybuilding's popularity, knowing about the guys, because I don't think bodybuilders are as special as people thought. And I don't think NBA. I think every. I don't think people really grasp that everyone's a human, and people are not. Even if you're the best athlete in the world, you're really not that different than the average Joe working at Seven Eleven. You're just not that. You're not. They're not. People aren't as different as people think. I, I don't. I don't believe. But I think when you have a guy like let's say Jay and Ronnie's perfect perfect examples coming up before social media, I thought Jay was like a douchebag. I'm like, this guy is a bona fide douchebag. He is stuck up. He's he just seemed like a pretty boy douchebag. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for Jay Cutler to go bashing your door. I was oh. I had my popcorn I had my popcorn ready. I, I heard something. It was like I don't know. It, <laughs> it <weird>. was him. <laughs> yeah, well Well I'm I'm speaking I don't believe that anymore. Um that's my whole point. Jay Cutler's gonna be happy in a minute. Yeah, like he'd give a shit what I thought. But um he's counting his money. He don't give two shits about us. But the and then on the on the on the other side of the token, when I was coming up before social media, I thought Ronnie was this badass. Like I thought he was the the most badass, hardest working like guy. I I didn't think you could compare those two. Now that I've seen their interviews and stuff and I've seen just a lot of things about them, I I think it's completely different. I think Jay Cutler Put it this way, if I had to hire a guy, I wouldn't even hesitate to hire Jay Cutler over Ronnie Coleman. If I had to have someone have my back, Jay Cutler. If I had to have someone rep, Jay, Jay Cutler all the way. Because now I know more about Ronnie. I know that Ronnie fucking didn't go to the athletes meeting after he lost to Jay because he was a sour loser. I know that he he says racist stuff about Jay Cutler, you know, saying that like, the reason he won is because the white judges and just nonsense has come out of his mouth. Like I, I know now like um, Ronnie not showing up for like interviews and stuff like all that shit. I know now about Ronnie that I didn't know back then because all I knew was the bodybuilder as a man. I'm not saying Ronnie's like a bad guy or anything, but c compared to Jay, Jay is a hundred times more of a stand up guy than Ronnie will ever be. But when, but coming up and back in the day, I assumed that it was the opposite because Ronnie, he's training in Metroflex. Jay's training in kind of like more prissy gyms. Jay's got the hair and the nasally voice, and he's kind of cocky. Ronnie's this like southern, like laid back guy. Like I just thought Ronnie was the the badass, and Jay was like the snooty wine ass. When in reality, it, it, in in comparing those two. Jay's the badass and Ronnie's the whiny bitch. You know what I like um not saying that Ronnie's a whiny bitch. I'm not saying that at all. But I think compared to Jay, he is. Compared to me, he's probably a badass. Like I'm probably way more of a whiny bitch than Ronnie will ever be. Obviously, he's a he's a pro athlete and everything else, but uh there there's just you do get to know the guys a lot like Greg Valentino is a big one. I I mean Greg Valentino. I mean I thought he was a joke growing up. Everyone did. Now that I kind of know him and I've heard a lot from him, I think he's very intelligent. He's one of the best guys I know in the industry, and he's just an awesome dude. I have nothing bad to say about Greg Valentino. Uh, same with Lee Priest, and you know. So I do think that it, it is good in that 
I, I personally enjoy uh, being able to kind of know these guys at that more personal level because it gives you a a much more accurate view of what they're really like. Whereas before, you thought things about guys and you come come to find out once you learn and you hear from other people and you hear interviews and shit, you learn like what they were really like and it's not really... It's not really what you thought, um, you know. So I do, I do think you 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 brought up a very valid point when you said, "Oh, back in the day, it was just Jay Cutler, the pretty boy, and Ronnie Coleman, the police officer." Where now, you really know what Ronnie was all about, and now you really know what Jay is all about. Uh, well, it's it's funny, and it's funny that you brought up Greg, because I've I've followed Greg for a very long time, and I loved his his articles and his column. They were funny as hell, and I, and I just thought this guy was a loose cannon. Like he he's got some screws loose, and and I never spoke to him personally. You know, just followed his work, and you know I I, I watched him via social media stuff that he would post and, and and whatnot, and and it's funny. I did a a synthol article for Iron Mag, and it posted, and it just so happened that. An article or uh, the image that was chosen, not not by me, nope. but but the image that was chosen to go up as the header of my article was Greg Valentino, and it was uh, like a, a big bottle of synthol and and they photoshopped a, a needle and all of this stuff, and I'm like, oh okay, you know whatever. I'm like, um, I don't know. Next thing I know. And it was probably – I remember this distinctly. I was at my in-law's house for dinner, and my phone was blowing up. And I'm like, who the fuck is sending me all these messages? So I excuse myself. I go look, and it's this guy on, on social media, and, and his picture was, was Greg Valentino, but his name was not Greg Valentino. Joe Mattis. And I'm like – yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm like what what – who is this guy? And it's, he's writing to me in all caps, you motherfucker, you better take down my fucking picture. I don't give you fucking you know, permission to use my image and blah, blah. I'm like, who, what? Like, this guy's acting like he's Greg Valentino, but he's not Greg Valentino. So I messaged Anthony Roberts, and I said, hey. I said, uh, you know, do you know so-and-so? He goes, yeah, why? I go, because I saw that you guys were friends. I said, who the fuck is this guy? He's, he's acting like he's Greg Valentino. Because he is Greg Valentino. That's his his private um, social media. He, yep. just, he he keeps them separate. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, so Greg Valentino is literally like livid, screaming via messenger, in you know at me. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm like, holy shit. Like, in in all honesty, like I'm actually a big fan of yours. And he's like, well, I appreciate that. Get my fucking picture down. I'm like, look, you know, you got to go talk to so and so. I didn't put the picture up. I just write the article. Like, I'm I'm just the idiot who types. That's that's all I am. I'm just right. that knucklehead that that yeah. types words into sentences. And he was like, "Okay." Literally 5 minutes later he goes, "Hey, by the way, I love what you do in the industry." And I'm going, "Wait, what the like this dude literally just wanted to beat my face in." And now he's saying that he he enjoys, you know, reading my content and stuff. Mm-hmm. And ever since we talk all the time. I mean, he'll he'll comment on my social media. He'll send me a message. Hey, I really liked uh, you know, the Central Bodybuilding show that you guys did. Hey, I really like this article that you wrote. And it's and it's funny and it it adds 
you know, a personality to, you know, a, a name to the face and then the personality to go along with it. And I always thought he was just some some badass guy that you just don't want to talk to. You don't want to associate with, you know, just a, a, an all around like bad guy. And that's not him. He is hilarious. He's a family guy. He loves he loves his kids. Um I mean, he, Greg is a great guy. So, Greg, if you're listening to this, you know, I appreciate you bitching me out about that article because if, if somebody wouldn't have thrown your image up and photoshopped it, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking. So I appreciate yeah. that. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, he's a he's a selfless guy, too. I would say uh, it's important to note that um, I, I've had this come up, too, where people got mad about photos that are, uh, are associated with the article. Like Matt and I do not choose our photos. Uh, Iron Magazine chooses our photos. We just send in our articles. Um, we do not choose the visual or visuals. Um, now, sometimes I'll write bodybuilder X versus bodybuilder Y, and the the images of the bodybuilders I am responsible to get. Um, Iron Magazine or Rob or whoever it may be is not going to go out and get a picture of Dexter in every single pose and a similar picture of Kai in every single pose or whatever. I am responsible for those types of things. But in regards to like the main photograph that accompanies our, our work, we do not choose them. So let that be clear because I've run into issues like that before. People are like, oh, it's, it's like I didn't fucking choose the, the picture. Uh, simmer down, as Greg Valentine would say, simmer down. Yeah, liter- literally I've, I've gotten so many – emails and and letters about that yes letters like from attorneys and i'm like look because i have my own website wikefittest.com and and i put all of my articles up on my site and then it redirects over to whoever actually you know wanted the content so i can't tell you how many times people are like you're using an image that i own without my permission you know take it down or you know we're going to contact your your hosting company we're going to get you shut down you know, we're going to sue you, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like pump the brakes, buddy. Like I have nothing to do with that. Like I now put it on everything on my website. On the front page, it says, you know, images, you know, are not mine. They are not chosen by me, blah, 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 blah. All the disclaimers. If I put a picture up from an article uh, that's either on Iron Mag or any other website that I did not choose, um, I put it right on there. This image is pulled directly from the original source, uh, you know, the website where you're being redirected, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and like what you said, I think a lot of people think that we chose a lot of these images. We don't choose any of them. I, I have zero say in, in any of the images. And that was for all of my sites that, that I write for. Um, I've, I've never chosen any type of, of images for, for my work, which is kind of odd, but I'm okay with that. I, I like just writing. I think the only place I ever chose my image was um, Blackstone Labs, believe it or not, back when they had a, a writer a long time ago. And uh, I'll never forget the first article I ever wrote for this kind of a little bit off topic, but not really. The first article I ever wrote for them, it was the first time I got real money to write. I wrote for RX uh, kind of for free. Um, and I'm not, I'm not by any means saying that's a bad thing. I was totally okay writing for Dave for free. Because at that time, writing for Dave was like, uh, dream come true doesn't even describe it, you know. So um, when I started writing for Blackstone, I chose my uh, my images. And the first article I ever wrote for them was called Dino Calories. And it was about guys 
embellishing how many calories they ate. Um, cause I, I mean, I know nutrition, um, and the amount of calories they, a lot of guys like David Henry, like get the fuck out of here. 1200 calories. Shut up. You weigh fucking 195. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just insane shit. I, and I made arguments like, okay, so if Phil Heath eats 9,500 calories at five, nine, two thirty, what does Brian Shaw eat at fucking 400, six, nine, or what is what does uh, LeBron James eat at 6'8", 250, running all day? He doesn't eat 9,500 calories. That would mean that fucking Brian Shaw would need 15. Like, get out of here. But I had this image of a of a of a dinosaur. Uh, my wife's coming and giving me a drink right now, trying to make me laugh. Uh, but uh, I had this this image I used of a dinosaur like ripping into like another dinosaur like ripping the meat off of it and i just thought it was the most badass article and the most badass image of all time but uh that that made me th- our, our discussion of images accompanying our, our articles made me think of that i uh i actually had fun choosing the images but that's not just kind of how it works anymore you know yeah i mean it's i don't know it's it's different it's it's exactly like what we were saying earlier with with how social media has has changed everything i mean Years ago, I mean, bodybuilders were the only way that that the supplement companies could sell. So, I mean, like when we lost Phil Heath when when I was with Metrex, he left us to go for a five hundred thousand dollar contract. Shit, I don't blame him. Go make your money, man. Uh, it was, but it was strictly a, a money thing, and they knew that they could use his face. And it just so happened that he ended up becoming Mr. Olympia and, and winning all these shows. And obviously, he left then. But I mean, that's that's the only way. People are are more educated now, and People are no longer buying products because they see some face attached to it. I mean, it's like you said, you know, you got some chicken in a bikini with her with her legs spread with the product in between, uh, you know, saying, I bet you can't wait to get in this box. And, you know, that's that's an old <laughs> that's an old Gaspari ad, which, hey, you know what? It it, it caught my attention. I'm not going to lie. But uh, but that's that's the way things are today. And it's funny because we make fun of those athletes. We make fun of the bikini chicks, and they're the ones that are on on all of the ads now, you know, showing the the TNA, and everyone's like, oh man, you know, she's kind of hot, but nobody pays attention to them on stage, so they're selling the product. Just so happens that nobody's paying attention to them on on <laughs> on stage when they're competing. But I mean, it's like you said. I mean, you can either pay somebody five hundred thousand dollars a year, like like Muscle Tech was paying Phil Heath. Or you could spend a fraction of that and take thirty thousand dollars, invest it in somebody who does social media, create different campaigns, get uh, get ads out there, do different events, do different contests. These days, it's all about you know consumer interaction, and the more a consumer feels that they're engaged with the uh, with the brand or that you know their input means something. Uh, I've been I've been reached out to by a whole bunch of different companies now that I left Metrex. Um, Quest, Man Sports, uh, you know, a, a bunch of others where they're like, hey, you know, we want you to try products. We want your your feedback, your input. You know, if you want to put on social media, you can. And and I shy away from that stuff because I'm not going to be bought out to to try products and then you know have to say something good about a product. Uh, I think those who who actually know me, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. If I don't like something, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I don't care who you are. I don't care who's around. Um, but you know, times are times are definitely changing, and and I'm okay with that because I like the consumer interaction. I like that brands are asking consumers, you know, what do you like? What do you want? 
Uh, you know, what is it going to take for us to to earn your business? And and that was never anything in the past. Before it was, here's our athletes, here's our products. You know, come buy. So now, you know, there's more customer interaction than than anything these days. And and I like that. I, I like feeling that you know you're you're a valued consumer, and people want to know about you, and they want you to post your feelings and your thoughts and your feedback about a product and a brand. That's to me, that's something that Metric has has been you know lacking. Ever since I was there, they've never done that. They didn't. They don't care about you. They don't care about the consumer. They care about making money. And you know, now that they have a social media team, now they're trying to get away from that and say, "Oh, well, we want to know what you think." Um, you know, and there's brands who who do that, and they they do care. They do take your your customer feedback and your thoughts, your complaints, and you know, they take it up the chain. They figure things out. But then you have other brands who are like, "Oh yeah, we want to know what makes you tick. You know, what do you like?" But they don't give a shit. Um, and you know, I think people people can see through that, but we're we're in a different time. Social media is now like the thing. That's what's you know driving brands these days. And, and and it's not just our industry, it's every industry. If you don't have a social media platform, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever, you you really don't exist these days. Yeah. I mean, uh pretty much. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of something that defies that uh, statement and I, I really can't like a something that is successful or you know without without the use of social media and I, I feel like at this point uh, it's pretty much not that way anymore you know I, I feel like there are very few maybe uh, large retail establishments or something you know uh, along that line but uh, like individuals and shit social media is huge even for pro athletes that are getting paid millions from endorsements and stuff it's still heavily social media driven uh yeah it's it's how you sell yourself it's how you sell your brand it's how you get information you out there in front of everybody i mean think about it you you have think about print media you didn't have as many followers that people have on social media that were buying a magazine and and looking in there for ads you can actually target exactly who you want your ads to go out to these days so if you have a certain demographic or a certain you know geological you know region that you want to target you can that's that's how awesome social media is these days so you know if you have one million followers on social media you know you're a big time athlete or a a big time brand like uh and i'm i'm just going to use this example i don't know how many they have but i'm assuming if if you looked at apple I'm assuming they have to have at least a million, you know, followers or, or likes or, or whatever. But all they have to do is put one post up about a new product launch and shit's heads, you know, they start exploding. They're like, oh, my God, new iPhone's coming out. Oh, my God. I mean, and, and it goes viral. Boom. Everybody knows about it. Yep. Whereas with, with print media or, or, you know, billboards, holy shit. I mean, who does billboards these days? I mean, I don't even look at billboards anymore when I'm driving. But, you know, think about all the things that they used in the past. And and how many eyeballs could have been on it, and multiply that by a freaking million. That's how many more you can get by by using social media. It's it's a different time. It's good. It's good for business too. It's a lot cheaper to to do social media ads and, and campaigns and stuff like that. And a lot of people grow their business for free just using social media because they just engage the people who came to their site or they came to their. Uh, social media platform and they're following them because they're posting cool content or cool information, cool products, cool sales, whatever. 
And, you know, that pulls in people for free. It's it's basically free marketing and free advertising. Yep. And that's and, what these uh, bodybuilders are doing. I mean, they're not dumb. I mean, they, they want you to feel like you're part of their life and, and a, a friend of theirs. And I think that's why a lot of them are opening up on social media. You know, kind of like what you were saying, how you really don't need to know, like, if they're taking a dump or, or you know, if they're eating a cheeseburger or something. Like, who, who gives a shit about that? But to them, it's like, their followers want to see that because they're so hooked on that one person that they don't care. They're like, oh, so-and-so's bleaching their ass hair tonight? That's cool. Everybody else is like, what a freak. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a different time. I, I personally don't want to know if somebody's bleaching their ass hair, but, you know, if they're posting something about their life, I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I But I do think that the whole... Uh the athletes uh, garnering money through social media is uh, substantially less effective than getting money through endorsements. Uh, both, you know, companies used to get eyeballs looking at their products by, ha by paying people who have a lot of eyeballs on them to talk about their products. Right. Now, they can get a lot of eyeballs on their products just by being on social media, you know? Yeah. There, there's no, like, they don't need those people who have a lot of eyeballs on them. It doesn't matter because they can do that themselves without paying those people. But, and I think that, yeah, the, the bodybuilders can make a living via social media like you were talking about, but it's much more difficult and it's a much longer road than being able to compete successfully and endorse a company. Uh, but you know, I guess it's just, it's just a, it's just a sign of the times and, and the way it is, you know, but, um, the, uh, the other topic. So our, 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 our year in review, I think there's four things I'm going to parlay right into this. There's basically four sure. things. There is Dexter, Phil, yep. uh -huh. Kevin, and uh, Classic Physique. I feel like those are the four things that happened this year that are like the most substantial things and the things that have been on everyone's list. Uh, I guess Kai Green not competing, yeah, maybe, but that's kind of been like two years now and whatever. Uh, and I think he's still competing. It's just not the Olympia. I don't uh, – I think – I think – um, in this discussion, that would just be a thing that's like, no one's going to care about that in, in, in a decade. No one's even going to remember that shit. That Kai stopped competing two years before he was going to have to stop competing anyways. You know, like, it's not like Kai would be competitive in the 2018 Olympia. Get the hell out of here. He's fucking, like, 45 already. But, uh, and he almost got beat by Cedric at the Arnold, and Cedric was ninth at the Olympia? Eighth? So, simmer down. <laughs> but, um... Uh, I, I just want to discuss of the four things that of those four things, um, wh what which of those four things are are major events in bodybuilding and which are not like which ones which which of those things ten years from now are we not really going to talk about like it may come up here and there but it's it's rarely going to be talked about and uh, what do you think like of of those four things which do you think Phil wins six. Dexter wins the all-time or, or breaks the all-time wins record. Kevin comes back, 
and then classic physique is instituted. Which of those do you feel will have the the greatest overall impact on the sport? And which do you feel will have the least uh, impact or will be spoken about the least in, in the in the future? I would say the most, in my opinion, would be Dexter. Um, while it's great that, that Phil won six, there's still guys that are ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So that, that doesn't seem like earth-shattering to me. You know, while it's six in a row, great, not, not big. Dexter, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, who's been at the Olympia 17 times. He's, he's won 28, I think, I think it's 28 now, um, titles more than anybody. It, it has to be Dexter. I mean, people joke that the guy's like a vampire. He's like 47, and he's still going strong. I mean, he put on size, but if you look at Dexter years ago and where he is now, it, it's almost the same, only a little bit thicker, you know, especially around the waist because he put on a little bit of, of size there to, to put on enough size to, to step on stage with guys like Phil. But when you think of everything that Dexter accomplished this year alone, it's, it's insane. I mean, he's one of the oldest bodybuilders ever to continue to step on stage. I think there was like one other guy who who won a pro show who was older than him, um, Albert Beckles or something like that. I think he was yep. like 61. But, I mean, <laughs> you you have to look at Dexter and go, this is the biggest story of of the year. Dexter takes the, the title win. I mean, he's he's doing big things. He's won multiple shows. It has to be Dexter. And then on the flip side, things that I think nobody's going to remember, I hate to say it, but it's going to be Kevin. Uh, you know, you had all this hype. You came into the Olympia. You didn't do very well at all. In fact, you tied for last. And and then after the show, you came out, you had a couple injuries, whatever the case may be. Nobody cares. You're forgotten about. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to look back and say, oh, yeah, I remember when Kevin came back. And if they do, it's going to be in, in a negative light. They're going to be like, what an idiot. Like, why would you come back on, on the Olympia stage looking like that? You know, in, in you know, uh, nobody's going to remember that. That's, that's probably like the least, you know, important thing on my list for, for 2016. What about um, you? You know, we're almost right on the same page. I think uh, I, could, I could almost go with, uh, with your choices. I'm going to say that. Kevin being the least, the least um, influential thing, I 100% agree with. Uh, in 10 years, it will barely come up, and when, it'll come up like, man, is it, well, remember when Kevin came back that one time? Yeah, <laughs> like it will be very, very insignificant. Uh, I agree with that. Now, according to him, his comeback's not done yet, so I guess maybe that could change next year, but I doubt it. Um, as far as the most important, I'm definitely. Maybe Dexter, but also it may be the classic physique division. I don't know which will be bigger. Or, or I mean, it will be one of those uh, for sure. But uh, I originally was thinking classic physique. Uh, the advent of classic physique will, would be the biggest um, thing coming out of 2016. But... After listening to you speak on Dexter, it is it, I guess it is it is a a close battle. Uh, it really depends on how the classic physique division unfolds. I guess if it's 
if it ends up being what we all want it to be, and you start getting guys that look like Flex Wheeler in 93 or, or shit like that, you know, like unbelievable physiques with these guys with these tiny minuscule joints and round billowy muscle with no waist to speak of, um, like 21-year-old Lee Priest and shit like that, uh, a little bit smaller than that, but in the arms at least, um, I think that may be the biggest story, uh, but again, Dexter being the all-time winningest bodybuilder is something that we will always be comparing other athletes to, right? no, no matter what. Uh, I think Phil winning six is very significant, and I think that uh, I think that, that could have easily been the most significant story of the year had these other two things not occurred, which are, you know, very rare. I mean, how, how many, how often do we have a guy break the all-time wins record? Uh, I mean, what, fucking, who set that? Ronnie set that uh, in 2005. So, what, it's been 11 years since someone set that? And then before that, it was Milos or somebody like that, and it was not even, no, not Milos. I think it was, uh, it may have been, um, what's the guy's name? Fucking A, I can't think of his name now. Guy that had the eye patch the one year. Really good poser. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Um, uh, God damn right. it. I can't. Uh, Vince Taylor. Uh, it may have, I think it was Vince Taylor, but, um, you know, that that's something that there's no way that somebody's going to break that in the next several years. Uh, but they're not going to break Phil Heath's record either. I just think that. Like you said, there's been there's been a lot of guys who have won six. Not a lot, but you know, Arnold won six, Dorian won six, Ronnie won six, uh, and Lee Haney obviously won six. Uh, most of them won. All of those guys won more than six, with the exception of Dorian, who won exactly six. Um, but the the this year has catapulted Phil, I believe, into that discussion for all time. Phil will always be in the conversation of the greatest bodybuilders of all time because he's won six Olympias. Um, he has so many haters and people will say, I don't think so, but yeah, whatever. It's that way. I mean, he's not going to lose the Olympia in 17. I would be shocked. And he beats Dorian. Dorian's the most, one of the most iconic bodybuilders ever, like top three or four. And right. he's going to have more Olympia wins than Dorian. So don't sit there and say, that he's going to be in that conversation for good. And a lot of it has to do with six wins because six wins is a you've tied one of, I mean, the bodybuilding super elite are basically Ronnie. It's, it's Arnold, Ronnie, Jay Dorian or not Jay Arnold, Arnold Lee, Ronnie Dorian. Those are the four, right? Like nobody else right. really, you could say, Oh, Jay Cutler kind of, oh, it's like, not really. Jay Cutler just is not Jay won four. And, it was different. He he lost to Victor, essentially. He beat an old Ronnie. I mean, no defense. I mean, I love Jay. I talked about that earlier. He's a badass. But he's not Dorian. I mean, come on now. Or Arnold or those guys. It's, th those are the four guys. And now that now that uh, Phil has six, he's and he's he's pretty much dominated everyone for those six. Uh, at least half of those have been complete domination. I think more than half of them. So. He, he's he's now in that discussion like there, there's there's now five super elites when there was four before this year in my opinion so that's a really big deal but again 
now there's five. With Dexter, there's one. He's the only one with those with that kind of that kind of winning record, uh, so or that number of wins, and uh, I do think that puts him above Phil. And like I said, in car, in regards to classic physique, we just don't know. We just don't know. I mean that that thing exploded pretty fast, but uh, it. I think there is a there is, it is quite possible that in a decade we will we will see that the classic physique division was in fact a bigger deal coming out of this year than uh, than than Dexter. If it if it ends up taking over like open and ends up being you know who knows we don't really know what'll happen, but. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? I mean, obviously we agree on the on the most influential and the least, but do you do, do you agree with the middle two? And you do do you agree with uh, classic physique pushing Dexter? Yeah, classic classic. I absolutely. In in fact, I went back and forth when we talked about most influential uh, you know events that took place this year. I thought about classic physique because I. The way that it started was kind of slow. We were like, eh, all right, these guys are okay. You know, and then you had Darren Charles come in and and you know, now you have people that are moving up from men's physique, you know, they they were kind of on the cusp. They were too big for men's physique, but they were way too small for men's bodybuilding. So it gave them a, a new home to to jump on stage. I think that classic physique is is going to blow up and and that's just my opinion because I think it's it's not like the circus you know, that, that the open division is where, you know, it's just a whole bunch of freaks. You have guys that, you know, they're, they're still symmetrical. They still have real tiny waist and that's not a knock at, at, you know, the open or, or even two twelve guys. But I, I think if you compare old school bodybuilding and, and if you were a fan of that, you know, the Frank Zanes and Arnold's and, and the likes back then, I think you really have to appreciate what classic physique is doing and in classic physique. It's, it's not really rolling off of my tongue. I, I still want to say classic bodybuilding because that's to me what it is. And, you know, I, I think I was watching a video and they were talking about classic physique and, and why it's not called classic bodybuilding because a couple of the competitors kept saying, you know, look, it's, it's not a physique. Like we're not like the physique guys We're we're bodybuilders. And they were like, well, how, how different is it really than calling, you know, women's figure? It's, it's, you're being judged on your figure or, or women's fitness. You're being judged on your fitness. So, you know, classic physique, you're, you're being judged on a classic looking physique. So while I know you and I kind of were like, man, it should be classic bodybuilding. I understand what, what they're getting at now. Um, it makes a little bit more sense that it's, it's just a term. That, that they're using, but, you know, I can see 5, 10, 20 years down the road that classic bodybuilding could be as big, if not bigger than than the Open, uh, just based off of, you know, what they look like. It's, I, I still say it's not really attainable for most people, but I think if they were comparing the two between, say, men's, um, the classic physique, the 212 at the Open... I would say people would go more towards classic that they would be 100%. like, you know, that's the type of structure that, that I would like to achieve. You have the big wide shoulders, you have the tiny, you know, V taper down to the waist, you have developed legs, you know, more so than say like a, a men's physique. 
I, I'm excited to see what happens with, with Classic Physique. I think it can really take off. And if it gets the right personalities in there, I think it will really take off. I mean, there's really no beefs or feuds or, um, you know, kind of like Phil Heath's of, of the, the Classic Physique just yet. So I'm kind of waiting for somebody to come along and kind of take that, grab it by the balls, and be like, I own this. Like, if you want the title, you have to go through me, kind of like what the Open is today. So, you know, I think once we get that persona in place to to create some excitement, I think more people will be engaged. But, I mean, that's that's just my take. I mean, what do you see long term for for classic physique, like, do you are you thinking along the same lines as as I am, or do you think it's going to be the opposite and it's going to totally tank? I think that. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I do believe that. I think it's very likely that classic physique becomes the new, the new number one, uh, the new thing, especially, especially with them increasing the weight limit and everything and the way these guys are going to inevitably end up looking. Um, I feel like they need to be a little bigger, but uh, with that same sort of structure and refined uh, development, you know, and um, in regard, I I wanted to touch on this in regards to the name. I'm I'll flat out say that classic. I think calling it flat classic physique is flat out incorrect uh i just think so it's like this i'm gonna use the basketball analogy again so basket let's say you made you wanted to make a more classical form of that game so you got rid of the three-point line you changed the rules back to how they were in the 60s or 50s or whatever more emphasis on passing and fundamentals no fucking lobs no fancy dunks um the the outfits are different shorter shorts more, you know, more like fundamentals and less flashy, no three-point line and different rules like that. Would you not call it classic basketball? Like, it's the same fucking, it's the same thing. It's just an older form of it. It's the same thing. You can't, you wouldn't call it classic ball in a basket or classic something else. It's just classic hoops. Classic, yeah, it's, it's like... It's basketball. I mean, classic physique is bodybuilding. That's what it is. Yeah. Calling it classic physique is just like a joke. Um, I understand not wanting to use the word bodybuilding, but it's pretty stupid. Like bodybuilding is iconic. Body people know what bodybuilding is. Um, people. I don't know. Like people. I don't know. People will ask me if I'm a bodybuilder and shit who don't know anything about it. Obviously, they don't know anything about it because they knew anything about it. They would never ask me if I was a bodybuilder because um, they know I'm not. Uh, I don't really look like a bodybuilder. But they but they do. You know, like random people ask me that from time to time. It's like they know what bodybuilding is. And that's what bodybuilding is. Nobody, any fucking average Joe would see a classic physique competition and say, oh, they're bodybuilders, you know? Because that's what they are. It's simple. Any everyone knows they're bodybuilders. They're not. They're not classic physique. Like you're trying to make up. You're trying to change bodybuilding into something else. It's just kind of. I don't know. I I just think it's ridiculous how they how they do that. Um, and give it this weird name. And I think that. Uh. I I think that classic bodybuilding. 
I don't think Classic Bodybuilding would be the greatest name. We, I've talked about this before. I don't think Classic Bodybuilding would be the greatest name either. But I think it would be better than Classic Physique. Uh, I feel like it should be like uh, something modern bodybuilding. Something else. Something something bodybuilding but more appealing to the masses than Classic. Because I, I don't think the masses would know what the fuck Classic meant in regards to bodybuilding. Uh, or if you put like athletic bodybuilding even something like that i think might be better but um but yeah I, I don't i don't like that name either but in regards to your original question i do believe that i think i i don't think at this point it's even possible for the physique division the classic physique division to to uh to crash i, I just with the extent that it it has blown up just in the very short time it's been a thing in the IFBB and MPC I think it's that is hard evidence that it will not fail you know uh, and it's interesting to think about the the first bikini champions the first men's physique champions the first women's physique champions and now in other words when those divisions were in their infancy in infancy infancy yeah is that the infancy. right word yep well then like the same way that classic physique is now and then compare those same those physiques to to, to the physiques today like the 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 first bikini winners to the bikini winners today the first men's physique um winners to the men's physique winners today it's not even close the the bikini girls today are on a whole different level. They're just uh, like don't even look real realistic, um, especially in person. Same with the men's physique guys. The men's physique guys are like they're fucking like '80s bodybuilders now. They they were like small fucking dudes and they were not ripped uh, when the when the when the division originally you know came to be. So even the 212, the first few 212 champions were pretty bad. Compared to now, like it's not even fucking close. Now the two twelve champions would be be battling for the top ten in the Open Olympia. Some of them. So uh, that in mind, I'm very interested to see where this division goes. Like what the the classic physique guy um, is going to look like in three or five years. I feel like if if the if the same improvement ratio applies to classic physique that apply to bikini and men's physique and women's physique, I think we're going to see some unbelievable physiques in that division, like unreal, you know, just like flex wheeler, 93 type shit, five foot 10, 215 pounds, ripped, crazy bubble muscle with tiny joints and shit. I think, I think that's what we're going to see. Um, and I can't wait to see that. Honestly, (laughs) Even though I'm a fan of the Open, I want that to stay around uh, for for a long time. Uh, I do I do anticipate class of physique becoming a very big deal, and I anticipate men's physique kind of falling off because men's physique it's a fucking mess. I mean, it's like way too many competitors. The guys are way too big now. There, there's like very little separation. I mean, the fucking shorts are the the main difference. Like. It's just, I just think having a men's physique and a classic physique is a fucking joke. So I hope they get rid of men's physique, which they probably never will because it's entry money galore. But uh, 
and that's the reason it was created in the first place. Uh, so I doubt that, but uh, yeah, I do see the classic physique division being uh, heavily significant in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, yeah, it seems it seems like we're on the same page with that. I was I was mm-hmm. on mute and I'm like talking to myself. I'm like, oh crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> every once in a while you're like, uh, is this thing on? <laughs> check, yeah, check. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting division. I, I mean. I don't think anybody really bought on to men's physique when it came on board. Um, it's like you said. I mean, the, the reason that they did it was for money. I mean, think about how many people could realistically get on stage looking like a men's physique competitor. There's there's a ton of people. But, you know, you don't see many bodybuilders, uh, you know, walking this earth these days. I mean, not everybody is, you know, 250 plus and, you know, 10% or under body fat year round. So it's, it's, it's tough. And, I mean, the physique guys – for them, it's it, the, the competition side of things is just a, a springboard for them to get into modeling and sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, you know, more for the the notoriety. It it just gets them out there in the industry. So you know, I, I understand why they're doing that, but I don't. I, I agree with you. I I don't think men's physique will ever go anywhere. Uh, you know, if there's one thing that could change, I, I would definitely say men's physique. I, I don't feel that it belongs in in competition with the IFBB, but the same could be said it's about already, women's It's already bikinis. peaked. It's already peaked. I don't think men's physique can improve from here. Like, I don't think you can beat Jeremy Buendia and shit. Well, how, how, do, how do they improve? You know what I mean? There's no... I feel like it's already reached its ceiling, and it's it just can't get any better. From a physique standpoint, and all that's happening is they're getting bigger and bigger, which and makes the makes the division worthless, anyways. That's the problem. I mean, look at Sadiq. Sadiq, you know, he's he's a bodybuilder who basically dieted down to to get into men's physique, and he never wanted to be in that division. In fact, he never even wanted to compete. Sadiq was like, "I am not going to throw on a pair of underwear and walk on stage. Like that's gay. It's for it's for gays." And and that's you know basically direct from his mouth. That's what he thought. You know, needless to say, he was kind of pushed into doing a show. He he placed second his first show. He didn't diet or anything, didn't do cardio. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, heck, if I'm going to do this, I might as well be the best. And, you know, he started putting on more size. He started doing, you know, more with his conditioning. And, and he looked the way that he did on stage. So naturally, as he started progressing and putting on size, he was like, screw this men's physique stuff. Now that they have classic physique, I'm jumping up. Because now I can put on the size that that I'm used to having, that my body wants to have. It's more natural. I feel better. I look better. You know, mentally, I'm, I'm, you know, functioning. You know, all my neurons are firing up in my, in my brain, and you know, I can feed myself a little bit more. I don't have to, you know, be as restrictive with my diet. And he's like, you know, classic physique is, is where I belong. And I think a lot more people. I can see Buendia doing the exact same thing. I think he's going to get a point where, you know, his, he's going to keep training. He's going to end up putting on more muscle, more muscle, more muscle, and he's like, man. I'm really going to have to diet down in order to, to you know, stay in this this uh, division. And I can see him moving up just like Sadiq is doing and, and jumping up into classic physique. And I think it's going to be good. I mean, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I think men's physique is only a springboard to jump into um, classic physique. Unless for some reason you're on the low end in terms of weight and size at at men's physique, then you know obviously your chances of moving up to to classic physique are very slim. But you know right now I see men's physique as a springboard to move up. 
Yeah, it's like the classic physique amateur division almost. It's like the yeah. NPC of classic physique where you just or or the uh, a lower weight class or something in a way. But like uh, like you and I said, at, what what show was it? Nationals or something? We talked about how the guy who won the overall in men's physique was the same size as the guy who won the overall in classic bodybuilding. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. And I mean, go look at the photos. It, we're not being facetious. It's, it's we're being literal. Yeah. He was slightly softer, but he had bigger arms and shit. Bigger delts, probably. Like, yeah. he didn't have quite the same V taper, but he was as muscular. Like, I feel like if he dropped five more pounds, he would have been top three in the classic physique. If he has, if he has, assuming he has legs, which I'm sure he does. So, like, yeah, I think it's a uh, that that shit's very blurry at this point. But um, but uh. Yeah, that, that's pretty much going to bring us to, to the end of the show. I think we've been on for about an hour, maybe longer now. So uh, I think it was a good show. Um, let's see. We'll we be – no, we won't be on before Christmas, will we? So no. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy all the cakes and chocolates and presents and everything else. Um, I know I am. <laughs> and uh, – yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of another show. Episode 74, uh, Central Bodybuilding 74. Check out ironmagazine.com. That's where all our articles are. Um, I haven't wrote an article in a while. I've been super busy. But I think my last one, it was kind of um, a dig at vegan gains. Uh, it was called Vegan Pains. Uh, give that one a read. Um, and uh, Matt's got fresh articles up there uh, fairly often at this point uh international iron with myself and lee priest we actually recorded a new episode just the other day go listen to that um very good very good show with lee and i uh, a lot of off-topic stuff less bodybuilding than usual and um ironmaglabs.com the supporter of this show ironmagresearch.com our other supporter uh, both uh, great websites, IronMagResearch.com, the best research chems in the industry, IronMagLabs.com, the best pro hormones and supplements, hardcore supplements in the industry. You can use coupon code JEFF15 at both those sites. That's G-E-O-F-F-1-5 for 15% off at checkout. Um, yeah, follow us on social media, Jeff Roberts. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and that's about it. I don't really mess with the other ones. I have a Twitter account, but I haven't opened it in over a year. So follow me on Twitter if you want, but you're not going to see anything. Uh, Matt is on Twitter, and uh, he's also on Facebook. Um, follow us and uh, share the show around if you like it. If you have any bodybuilding fans um, in the family or friends or anything like that, let them know about the show. We would greatly appreciate that. And... Uh, I'll give you the final word, uh, Mr. Wyke. Uh, the takeoff, everybody. I hope you have a happy and safe holiday. Spend it with friends and family, you know, those that, that you love and, and want to surround yourself with. And, and enjoy it. I mean, life can change at, at any moment. So don't take things for granted. And, you know, tell the people that you see the holidays that you love them and what they mean to you. And uh, stay safe, everybody. Enjoy the holidays. And we'll catch you next week. And with that... We've come to the end of another episode of Central Bodybuilding, episode 74. I am Jeff Roberts. 
for Matt Wyke, and we are out.